Hi, my name is Sean Chaler. This is my friend Chris Ford, aka The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. Fame, it's official now. Once you hit a thousand subscribers, that's fame. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great, Sean. Uh, yeah, doing, I don't have any like cool little anecdotes to say, I guess. Sa save really... them for the next episode. Yeah. We, we, got, we got lots yeah, to talk about today. <laughs> If you can I come up great. with stuff How, between them. That's true. How are you that I rarely ever ask? I, no, I'm great too. I, I had a nice Thanksgiving and uh, it was too short because we have to drive a long ways. And so I've been complaining about Thanksgiving. It's like a week later for the record as we're recording. By the time you watch, it's be like two weeks later. Still complaining about how short my Thanksgiving week was and how much I hate driving. But otherwise, I'm good. And yeah, things are pretty solid. Uh, I, I have no no special quips or anything either, but I am excited <laughs> to jump right into this episode anyway because it's a little different. We're going to come at you with something different and scary today. We're going to review Dragon Prince Season 3, not really review it in our normal fashion, just going to give a full talk, nice, at length, every episode. I do want to note, though, that there are going to be some spoilers. Oh, the spoilers thing didn't come in front of our faces. All right, well, imagine our faces aren't there. There are oilers. <laughs> there are oilers in here. <laughs> if you have dry skin, this is the podcast for you. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I forgot that wasn't going to work that way. But anyway, there are spoilers because we're going to just, just talk about every episode. I don't want to say every episode in depth, but we will be discussing at length the entire season. And then towards the end of it, probably not a numerical review, but just sort of a, a like-dislike maybe some predictions for the next season, and it should be a lot of fun. So going to do a little bit different episode this time. Next time we'll get kind of right back on track with the normal stuff. But this is brand new. It's hot off the press or hot off the Netflix, whatever you <laughs> want to call it. And I'm very excited to have this discussion. Any introduction, any opening thoughts you'd like to share? Uh, no. So, I mean, I do have a couple other videos out there related to uh, Dragon Prince. I have a non-spoiler review. You can check that out. I have a spoiler review where I give my top 10 moments and my top five favorite characters and two issues that I have. Um, and I have a couple prediction videos. Um, but this one, this video here, this uh, discussion will be more or so like on a in-depth discussions, episode by episode, like you said. Um, and also, I'd like to, you know, actually talk to other people. Even though I've been loving uh, a lot of comments that everyone has left on a lot of Dragon Prince uh, videos that I have. And just special thanks to all of, you, all of you guys who have subscribed and watched and commented on. I really appreciate it. Like, these videos are really, really sitting me over the, the thousand uh, subscribers. So I'm sure. I didn't I'm mean to short. Of... Yeah, I feel ashamed now. <laughs> I have 1,200 now. Are you serious? That's crazy. Uh, yeah, ex no. exponentiate yeah, it's, it's all thanks to the yeah oh no if I look at my analytics it went like pew, and that's awesome boom. but uh, <laughs> I, uh but a lot of thanks to the Dragon Prince community well and I think also I won't say more important because it's important to me that your channel keeps growing but more important to the Dragon Prince it's great to see so many people engaged seeking out content yeah. making those comments caring enough about it to make those comments and have that interaction with you I think that's the kind of good publicity the show needs to to make sure it gets its full run um, yes. and the full amount of attention it deserves when there's so much demand out there. Gosh, uh, Disney Plus is, is, is already taken over the world. So any positive attention that we can bring mm -hmm. back to the Dragon Prince on Netflix, I'm, I'm happy to do. Uh, with that, that being said, I, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Again, not 
in depth of every episode necessarily, but we are going to touch on every single episode. Go ahead and get started with the highlights here. Hey, King Ezrin. I don't know why I put this slide on because I'm not going to linger on it there, but there's King Ezrin. <laughs> and let's start with episode one. I'm not going to try to pronounce that. Yeah, I am. Uh, soul, <laughs> soul Regum? Soul Regum? I think it's Soul Regum. Regum? That sounds better. That no, sounds you very know, Latin. The thing is, is that I am not the best at pronunciations. Me neither. So one of my videos, <laughs> um, there's a character named Runan who was in uh, season one. He was Rayla's like teacher uh, slash metaphor slash sort of father figure type of character. Remember him? He was uh, trapped in the coin Vaguely. season one. Um, but his name is pronounced Runan. In my review, I kept pronouncing it Runan. <laughs> like it's <laughs> kept saying Runan. And so many people commented, like, it's not running like he's jogging. He's, it's Runan. Like, <laughs> nah, it's, 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 it's running now. Hey, it's you're running. taking it with a, take it with a, with the humor that you need to. Yeah. I, I would like to think that I'm okay at pronouncing names. I'm terrible at remembering them. I might be bad at pronouncing them, too. I'm terrible at remembering names. I constantly, mm -hmm. constantly call uh, Claudia, and right now I can't even remember his name, Claudia and Soren. Yes, and I will constantly say uh, Callan and Rayla when I mean Claudia and Sora. Just like I, I can't think of their names ever. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I know very well who Rayla and Callan are, but I can't ever think of <laughs> Claudia and Sora's name. I'm really sorry, Soren, especially. We'll get to that later, though, of why he deserves more of yeah. my sorrow. I don't want to spoil anything in the episode here. <laughs> Soul Regum. I like Regum. That sounds pretty Soul good. Soul Regum. Yeah, Sounds I think it's Reagan. Sounds like Latin. Um, yeah, so this one thing, the whole, you know, this whole season starts off, which I think in a really cool, like, manner. Like, usually it starts off with the uh, the opening theme and everything, but it kind of started off with the opening theme that went straight into into this uh, exchange between the Dark Mage, who was, like, the first person to use dark magic. I think his name is uh, Zayard. Zayard? Don't probably. test me on this. I don't remember. <laughs> I know yeah. the, he's the he's the creepy bug friend, creepy pun intended, because he's a bug. Oh no, not not Erevos. This was like, oh, uh, right. like the first human. No, yeah, I'm sorry. First human. It's showing. Oh, it goes right into that uh, conflict with the human and the dragon. Yeah. Straight yeah. into it. Yeah. Okay. No, that guy. I definitely don't remember his name. Yeah, I don't know if they say it exactly. I found the name somewhere. Um, but this is just a really, really interesting exchange between the two. Um, like, cause you know, in season one, we, we see like, the opening credits we see him. I feel like we see him from such a different light, um, or such a different darkness or, you know, shadowiness. Like he looks like, oh, this guy is evil. But then when you hear him talking, when you hear Thomas O'Regum, like, Hey, we, the humans need magic and, and, and stuff. You know, you thought we were lesser beings. And so Regum is like, you were lesser beings. Like. Like, neither one of them are right. And I think this show's doing a great job of, like, portraying just that greatness of it all. I have a conflict to, to bring up with that <laughs> in general later. But, yeah, I will okay. say up to up to this point, and even through this season, I think one of the things that sets this show apart is that the villains don't always feel... Like, it feels like real... Uh, I don't want to say humans, because they're not all humans. But you know what I mean? It feels like real people, gray area-type yeah. things like the real world behaves and that's a big part of the show in general but i do i have some contention with that later on in this season but here it's absolutely true we that guy we're 
It does a great job of that guy has a great point. They're starving. I think that comes up several times. They need magic just to be able to to find and, and, and I don't know if to capture food or but he like flat out says, yeah, we're starving and dying down here without magic. Um, seems like he's got a pretty good case at that point, at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then so Ragum was just like, fine, if you're not going to use if you're not going to stop using dark magic then I'll just go kill this whole village of people. Like, whoa, things escalated uh, quite quickly there. So, so Regum, like... Comes out you, swinging. Yeah, you are not a good person. Okay, but good, maybe good maybe he's sick of, of people coming up to him all day with, like, stupid requests, and this is, like, at the end of the day, and he just, he had a really long day, people were asking him for money and stuff all day long, and this guy comes up, he's like, I need magic, and he's like, oh, just kill him. We don't know, but no, he does. He sounds pretty terrible at that point, and he's pretty scary. Um, it's a horrifying. I don't know who does the voice acting for him, but it's a pretty horrifying voice. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, one thing I love is love his design. Um, you know, you really, you've I've never seen a dragon with you know this type of like crown. Um, also, at this point, it's not it's not detailed in in the show, but like if you look at some of the extra material. Like, Sol Regum was the Dragon King at this point in time. Like, uh, some of it says, like, it'll break out, like, the the dynasties or whatever. Like, it's like, this is the age of Sol Regum. Now, this is the age of Thunder, or uh, Avi... Uh, I forgot Thunder's actual name. <laughs> Avi Zandum, I think. I'm um, not even going to guess. That sounds great, <laughs> though, whatever you just said. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, I'm guessing, you know, after Sol Regum is... Is blinded like he can no longer be the, the dragon king um so he has to just kind of be a constant reminder of of the terrible things that humans have done um now i was surprised to see that the human died like so Regum killed them with fire like just completely obliterate them it's very similar to like game of thrones how those dragons just completely just <laughs> just seemed like they killed them at a molecular level and they just turned to dust but um, it, it didn't uh but, Whatever the opposite, so like flash freezing is when you freeze something so fast that the water doesn't even have a chance to expand, so it freezes stuff differently. This is like the equivalent of this in fire form. It does it so fast, they don't even have a chance to burn. It just just disappears. I did really like, I I don't remember what season that's in, in Game of Thrones, where, um, gosh, I mess all their names up. Um, But the Tarleys, where where that dragon crisps the two Tarleys. Oh, that's really good. It's really good editing or whatever you want to call it. Really good design. And this feels like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so just a really great exchange there. And then it goes uh, kind of right into the present where uh, Rayla and Callum are trying to get past Sol Regum because they're, yeah, they're just trying to get through Edzadia and stuff. He's kind of just there kind of blocking it. Well, just, right, just to, like Snorlax <laughs> inconveniencing a path. Uh, yeah. I think the first thing that stood out to me, though, is you're supposed to get the impression that these dragons, I don't want to say immortal and live forever, because obviously there's like signs of age and things that suggest not immortal, uh-huh. but obviously this guy's been around a while. Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, what? Uh, I forget how long ago Dark Magic came to the world. Maybe it was like 10,000? It can't be 10,000. I think just 1,000 years. They just, say it, but I think it maybe it was just 1,000 years ago. It just does a good job of like impressing upon uh, you the the longevity of these dragons and yeah, general power and horror. Yeah, Uh, and then there's not that much to say about the whole Rayla, uh, Rayla and Callum trying to 
get passing deal. Um, I did see a pretty good uh, similarities between that and Harry Potter when they're trying to get past the basilisk. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So I thought I thought you would like this since you're you're a much bigger Harry Potter fan than I am. I appreciate it, uh, but I gotta be honest. I like dragons more than than Harry Potter, so I'm not gonna mm-hmm. not gonna do this great mm-hmm. dragon a disservice. Mm-hmm. Just in general, I like anything with with dragons in it, especially high fantasy stuff. So I'm not going to do this dragon a disservice by comparing him to a, a mere snake. You know, a mere a, snake, yeah. A mere <laughs> snake with magical abilities. But yeah, I didn't think of that. I, I, I accept. That's a great comparison. Uh, the other thing that happened in episode one is uh, Amaya. I love I love Amaya. Um the the aunt she's like the really cool really cool aunt. I've always loved Maya and uh, she they figure out that they can't they can't uh, keep patrolling this border between Azadia and the human world and so she's like well we can't well she doesn't say anything <laughs> but, <laughs> why don't you rub it in um, her face Chris <laughs> oh gosh um, she communicates is that they <laughs> But they have to blow up the, the like this dam or this bridge. They have to blow up this bridge, uh, and then she comes into contact with the Sunfire Elf, Janai, uh, and they get into a nice fight, Ooh, which I love. Amazing. Yeah, I, I love, love one thing. Look. Let me. Yeah, absolutely love this fight. Absolutely love that Amaya's like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna have to light it myself. Um, you know, she was willing to risk her life for this, uh, for this cause. So they have a really great fight. Um, I love that Maya gets her sword from her and like uses it to ignite the bombs. And of course she, she saves her, you know, knowing that, knowing that she's outnumbered, you know, she saves her, but that's the important, that's the good thing they do, which I think in the long run really paid off. Um, so I really loved this cause I really loved their whole, like they've been building like a little bit of tension. They, this isn't the first time they come across each other. They've been building tension uh, even in season two, uh, but just really love that fight. Um, is she's talking about blowing up this bridge? I'm like, it looks like a really narrow, dangerous bridge already. I don't know if you really need to blow it up or you just leave one or two people standing there, but I get it. It was, uh, I wouldn't cross it anyway. I know it's an animated thing, but it looked pretty safe to me. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much episode one. I really think I love most about episode one was the change between. Uh, the first Dark Mage and Solregum. I thought I just really uh, started to lay the foundation of just like things isn't even things are even more not black and white. These are even more gray. And this show's always been, you know, fairly fairly gray. Like in Avatar, like things are very black and white in season one. <laughs> right? Like you're ready to like you know uh, think about Zuko a little bit, um, empathize with him a little bit, uh, but you're still not like Oh, he's he's good. You're still not like rooting for him. Um, you don't really start to see the gray side until season two and three, which I wouldn't change that now. So I'm just noting the differences there. And, and I mean, I suppose that would probably be a case. Uh, so like in this show, that gray area, uh, I mean, it's an extremely potent theme through the entire show, all three seasons so far. I suppose you'd probably make a case in Avatar that outside of, you know, Zuko and Iroh and a few exceptions, it still kind of always feels... Uh, black and white in a way for which I'm going to blame the villains. And I think most most Avatar fans would agree with me that just the villains kind of being maybe not quite as fleshed out or as interesting as the heroes. 
that could just be me. I might be overstating, but yeah, a uh, great way to hook you into <clears throat> the third season and make me wish. The first thing it did for me was made me wish I had watched the previous two again right before this. Uh, just yeah. like, like to pick up on details and names, time frames, things like that. It's like, I really should have just binged through the whole group and I didn't. And I was very sorry, but then I got less sorry as the episode went on. That first opening scene, though, made me feel like I'd missed out on something. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, it's funny, it's interesting. I think this, uh, that that change between the two really changed a lot of people's minds about uh, like the magical creatures, which some people you know, from get-go thought, like, man, they're, they're kind of, both sides are fairly prejudiced in a sense. Because um, neither one of them are innocent. Ooh, double entendre there. No, I'm kidding. Actually, uh, I consider it double entendre. Anyway, um, <laughs> but a lot of people are like, man, so Reagan was freaking racist. I'm like, yeah, you know what? He is kind of racist. A I mean, if you're a dragon, though, and, and humans could be food, <laughs> you're going to compare it to like me and a chicken. Like, no offense to the chicken, but yeah, I've got higher opinions. You are chicken. You are a lesser <laughs> You food. are. I mean, you're del- but I, I need that chicken, and I accept that. But yeah, I think higher of myself than the chicken. But maybe, I don't know, maybe if chi- I should give chickens more credit, and I hope PETA doesn't watch this video. And if you do, I'm really sorry. Man, I was eating some chicken today, and I was thinking, like, because there's certain... <laughs> man, we're getting off with a weird dog. There's certain, like, celebrities I follow that are, like, clearly vegan. I'm like... If I was eating this piece of chicken with them, they'd just be so disgusted. Like, I was eating, like, the leg. Like, <laughs> it's one thing to eat, like, a piece of, of meat. It's another thing to eat, like, a leg or a rib. And that is, like, this is the animal. Like, this is a little part of the animal. Clearly, now I'm gonna... It's not like a diced piece of chicken. It's, like, you can uh, see that chicken. <laughs> I mean, it's off topic, but it's a similar-ish concept, except with the difference that we don't really communicate yeah. that well with chickens or cows or something. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah. And even people, that... and I mean, I've, I've, had, I've had people bring up in some of my other videos about like dark magic. Like one time I had a video about how dark magic is um, is a metaphor for, uh, for like certain aspects of racism. And they're like, well, dark magic is like, you know, what's the difference between that and like shooting a deer or something, you're taking his life. Um, but there, I think a there's a question. little bit of I don't know. Uh, different there. But <laughs> that's a that's a stellar question. Well, especially I mean, it is a good question. if you yeah. if you're talking about eating it, I mean they're doing it for magical sustenance, which to to an extent uh, we've seen a comparison. But it can be uh, it can be abused, but not always necessarily. If we're to believe the first guy there that I can't remember his name, uh, that it is obviously yeah. has a place for good and utility. Uh, this is a really good question. I don't know. Uh, also, you no, know, it's, we, a, it's a good question. Yeah, we, I'm not going to be like, no, you're dumb. No, is that what you responded? Question. You told that guy to shut up and get off your channel. Uh, that's that's how I respond to people easily. You can tell from the, my con. No, I'm kidding. I don't do that. We also, I mean, it, it has the name Dark Magic, which is probably a name given to it <laughs> by the dragons. I don't think these people like did it the first time. Like, oh, yeah, this is bad. Let's call it Dark Magic. <laughs> Like I don't think that the people probably think like, hey, I, I had to kill that animal to make this work and be useful to me. I, I, I don't know. That's it's a good this theme. Is dark though. eating. It's hold hold on to that thought as we continue to talk about this today and as you continue to to watch the show because this is a tremendous theme. Why well, it's got to be dark magic? Why can't it just be animal based magic? <laughs> 
was like, that's like their marketing department got together. Like, hey, whoa, whoa, we gotta rename this dark magic thing. We gotta this. Not it's not PC guys. Come on, Let's the human it, marketing um, department. It's like we gotta yeah. flip the script, make this sound better. What do you yeah. got? It's uh, and animal. What about magic. steal the yeah, life animal. force magic? No, 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 no. That's not good. Let's keep, keep yeah. thinking. Keep brainstorming. <laughs> what about organic magic? Ooh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, organic magic. Uh, All right, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, but hey, now, it's important. Organic magic. <laughs> That's the point of the first episode, though, is it establishes some really important ideas that they're supposed to stick in your brain, and and they do, for the record. If you haven't watched it yet, they definitely do. So good job, first episode. Even if the middle part with escaping the basilisk with, with the rock, uh, a.k.a. Yeah. the dragon. I said basilisk. I meant the dragon, but I was thinking about the basilisk. <laughs> that that part is a little bit slow, but um, not not bad, necessarily. Just It's a bridge between two other storylines, kind of. Yeah. All right. Episode two. Uh, main points from episode two, which is called The Crown, which I feel like that's just Netflix trying to promote themselves. <laughs> like, make sure you watch the the show The Crown. <laughs> which I've never watched it before. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, I, had, I, like... I knew right away what you meant, so it's working. Good job, Netflix. <laughs> yeah. uh, some of the main plot points from this episode. Ezrin takes the crown um, as Prince Cassif arrives. Um, and Ezrin also decides not to go to war with Zadia and also pardons Claudia and Soren. So I loved a lot of stuff about Ezrin in this episode. Like, I love that. I love that speech he gave, you know, about, um, you know, you all knew my father as the king. You, know, you knew him as a strategist, as like a war person, but I knew him as my father. He was loving and everything. And the thing I love about that moment is that I feel like um, as each new generation comes along, they need to not necessarily hold themselves to the same um, standards that that were uh, achieved or the same standards from their predecessors, right? You need to aspire to uh, to their you know great ideals, not necessarily what they did. Like my father was a great father, but you know what? There's things that I wouldn't do that he that he did like you know let's be honest there's things that that. uh, (laughs) i think about my parents like they probably did certain things because they had to but everybody wants to do things a little differently than what like nobody's 100 percent happy with what they do so like maybe you're striving for the ideals that they wanted for you not so much what they had to do yes yeah hashtag deep Um, sorry that got real right there i'm not sorry this podcast we (laughs) we get in here um so I also love that, which is coming up, why I'm going to hate a certain aspect of the season. I don't, don't want to say hate's a strong word. Um, you know, Ezra was like, he felt at first, at first the, the crown seemed too big for him, right? Like he, he didn't even wear the crown. It seemed like something he couldn't do. And then, you know, Prince Cats have come in and is like, listen, we need to go war with Azadia. Other people are like, listen, we need to do something about Claudia and Soren. And also we need to go kill Varen. He says all these things, like all of this is the weight on the crown. He looks like he can't handle it. And then he gets up there, puts the crown on, makes a decision, and boom, he's king. So I loved that aspect. And I will get back to why. Because <laughs> I feel like he went, on a, he went on a journey there. He had some adversity. He, 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 you know, and he got over that. And he, he 
uh, gosh, I might be mixing it up with the next episode when he essentially exchanges himself. Is that the next episode? Yeah, that's not, yeah. Okay, yes, that's sorry, the, then I'll hold my point for that time then. No, this is okay. a... Actually, that's episode four, actually. Uh, oh, man, yeah. I'm getting them all mixed up. He made great. Yeah, he okay. made choices uh, that reflected his character both in the way that we wanted to as like an innocent kid that I think has grown on probably most viewers at this point and also reflective of... I, I, I don't know how a normal kid would act because a normal kid's not going to be in that situation, but it felt like the decisions that that character would have made. Yeah. Felt real or good. Uh, uh, yeah, so I feel like this episode was like really mostly all about Azrin and, and his, uh, his taking on the crown. Um, when it comes to Rayla and Callum, pretty much they're just like in Zadia and Callum is just kind of soaking it all in. It wasn't that much, I think, there for them to in this which is why it is called the crown. That's fine. That's gonna happen. They were subplot, yeah. uh, subplot B in this one. Oh yeah, def definitely. Yeah. Uh, anything else you care to add on on the episode two? No, these especially in these middle these middle episodes run together for me so bad. Other than like the first one. Yeah. And I'm gonna say the last three stick out, but these middle ones, so whatever that'd be, two through five, uh, mm -hmm. just run together, or two through six, give or take. So, no, I have no additions. Yeah. Okay. Episode three, Ghost. Um, so, in this episode, Rayla returns home to find out that she has been ghosted. Um, I love <clears throat> this idea. No, yeah, I think it's a, yeah, it's a great idea. It's, it's sort of like being banished, but worse. <laughs> in right? my mind, like, you know, banished. like, with kids, like, if you're a, you're a parent, I'm not a parent, uh, you're a parent. <laughs> Your kids are really nice, so maybe they don't do this. But when your kid's so angry at you that they just pretend that you don't exist, like they're not going to listen to you, they're not going to look at you, that's this, it's that to the extreme. <laughs> some kids like, no, they don't even exist. <laughs> I love it. I think there's like, some poetic justice in there. But, but I, I think it's like so haunting and worse than bashing because you are still home, but you're not home. Like it's a, it like, you know, it, it sticks you kind of hits you twice. Like, you can see all your loved ones, you can't interact with them or anything. Um, you ever see those YouTube videos of, like, parents pranking their kids into believing that they disappeared? <laughs> so essentially, everyone's in on the joke, right? So there's, like, five... So they drop the, like, they drop the blanket <laughs> over, from over the kid, and then they're all like, where'd he go? And, like, that kind of thing. Yeah. What yeah. a horrible but, like, thing one... for parents to do. You stop throwing cheese at your kids' faces... And stop pretending your kids yeah. disappeared, you monsters. But like one time I saw a video, this person's like, oh, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll take a picture of, of you and we'll see if she's there. And like <laughs> they take a picture and they look at it and the girl walks up, looks at the picture and she's not there because beforehand they took a picture <laughs> of the person. Nice. Just still not. And it's so hilarious. And like one girl started crying. Like she was like, like just lost, like, oh my gosh, I'm disconnected from everything. I'm a ghost. And so that's why I'm bringing it up, because I feel like this is like Rayla in this Horrible. case. Like she's completely disconnected from her family. Chris, don't don't ever do that to your children. Yeah. I'll be so disappointed in you. No guarantees. No. <laughs> For context, though, I pretty much, I, I like, uh, I like uh, verbal and, and visual comedy, but I hate practical jokes. I despise them. I'm not going to say I almost dumped my wife over a practical joke, but it was way too early in the relationship to be pulling that kind of nonsense. But another another story hate, for another time. I hate, I hate practical jokes that are like what you 
like so there's these group on youtube like they'll go around the hood right stepping on people's jordans <laughs> which what? uh no don't do that what um <laughs> and so like dudes will like punch him and they'll be like dude come down it's a joke like no, no you, you actually stepped, just on. stepped on his shoes that's not and it's not a joke anywhere i mean it's my yeah. it's worse in the context but you don't just well i meant it as comedy so forgive me i guess but that's not yeah. how life works Ugh, people are uh, stupid oh uh, i didn't i didn't mention that rayla was banished because um like her parents everyone thinks that she <clears throat> that she uh left she dishonored them and she left, she abandoned their mission and everything because they can tell that, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll keep going with my notes here. Uh, Raylan Callum, they come in contact with Ithari. Ithari is, yeah, I might be saying his name wrong too. He is the husband that of That sounds pretty good uh, running. Saying, <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's the husband of Runnin'. But shout out to Dragon Prince. They did a really good job with their you know, representation and diversity. And they do it like as if it means, <laughs> it sounds weird to say, they do it as if it means nothing. No, that's is, good. It's like naturally, uh, yeah. well, I mean, that's what you're saying. Sorry, I didn't mean to sound like I was contending. No, it, it's great. It, yeah. it feels organic and normal, and it's not supposed to feel out of place yet. They do a great job. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, he he can see her in a mirror and he says like you abandon us and like he has like these blooms and everything he can see like rayla's every time assassin goes out uh they have this bloom that if it's still afloat above the water and stuff they're alive but if it sinks they're dead so everybody's things have sunk ish um except for rayla's and so they just assume that she um uh, ran away from the mission and everything and so then they uh, go to her. Part, like she kind of did and obviously for reasons but it, i mean they're not wrong yeah yeah they're not wrong um but i think still it i think still for itari to do it who itari was like a father figure to ish you know to her um that seemed really messy and i think that really hurt uh really hurt rayla a lot and i really like callum and this I really like Callum that he supports the crap out of Rayla. He tells her like, like Rayla starts getting down on herself. Um, and he's like, shut up. <laughs> I think this is the episode he tells her to shut up. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and just like, listen, minute. you are amazing. You're great. You're I wonderful. Everything. Um, I do believe that's the, yeah. Then they kiss, um, which they didn't, Callum didn't know she was going to kiss him. Um, and I do love that moment of just like Rayla's like, oh, oh no! If you tell anybody, I will kill you. <laughs> so that's my best uh, Rayla impression. It was which dead on. Yeah, great. that was. Uh, oh, well, okay. Irish or or Scottish or whatever it is she's supposed it's, to sound it's like. Somethingish. It was that. What's that? It's somethingish. It's I don't something. know exactly what it is, but. But you you nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. Are those oh, okay. uh, are those lotuses, uh, lotus blossoms floating in the water? Is that what they're supposed to be? Yes, but a... so if you notice, so there's I don't know what you're about to say. So there's uh, there are six of them, I think. Uh, so Rayla has one. Four dead people have one, and then Runnin has one. But Runnin's is like still, it's, it's like in the uh, middle. It has a sunk all the way. You're still saying it. <laughs> huh? Runon, right? Run, uh, yeah. Oh, you're still saying yeah, it's, it. It's Runon. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> Runnin. Okay. 
it is I forever think we had running this conversation, to me. Conversation uh, off the air, but I swear Chris knows what he's what he's saying. He's, he's, <laughs> um, because I was gonna make a joke about. I thought you were joking at first when you said it, uh, and I was like, <laughs> Chris, we didn't even good. tell anybody about that. And then you said it again. I was like, no, it's just it's one of those things. It's like an earworm. It just gets stuck in there, and then you can't you can't break oh, your yeah, mind it's... off the habit. Just imagine that Black Eyed Peas song, like, and the beat is running, running, and running, running, and running, running. Yeah, That's, exactly. Now that can get stuck in everybody's head, and they will also call him running. And, some, um, and sometime there'll be some official <laughs> canon that comes out be like, no, the, everybody in the show was mispronouncing it. These guys actually <laughs> had it right. It's the whole uh, Raz al Ghul slash Raish al Ghul thing. Uh, like, and- <laughs> I know. I think at one point you told me. I don't want to say that you supported Raish, but you provided uh, evidence as to potentially why it should be pronounced Raish. And I hate it. I think it sounds dumb. I just like Raz Al Ghul better. It sounds better. I like Raz Al Ghul better, but Raish Al Ghul is like the proper Arabic pronunciation. Is that, maybe that's where that um, came from. Yeah, because yeah. <sighs> it's Raish Al Ghul stands for the demon's head in Arabic. I, I believe it's Arabic. Um, and so if you pronounce it with the Arabic pronunciation, it's pronounced Raish al-Ghul and not Raz al-Ghul. Although I hate when people say, um, uh, I hate when people combine the two. <laughs> to me, it's like it's one or the other. But sometimes people will say like, let's uh, uh, say Rosh al-Ghul. <laughs> like, no, either say Raish al-Ghul or say Raz al-Ghul. You say, one or you the say other. America <laughs> or you say Arabic. <laughs> <laughs> Only slightly related, but a picture of Marianne Cotillard, I don't know how to say her name either, uh, came up Marianne on my... Cotillard. Cotillard, is, that, is she French? Uh, I think so. A picture of her came oh. up on my MSN newsfeed today, and it's just one of those things where every time I see her, I'm always like, I think she's very pretty. I like her a lot. Sorry, off topic, I only was, mildly related. I was, I was thinking the same thing, uh, which is weirdly enough, I think at one point the creator of Talia Ghul said was disappointed in her casting because she wasn't pretty enough i'm like what the heck what she's delightful it, and she did a great it job. Might... oh yeah i loved her that role um okay <laughs> <laughs> all right so um i'm not sure if this is episode or not that itari i think it is so itari does go back and meet um he finally like lets go of the spell um and talks to uh, rayla about everything and uh <laughs> and I do love when Callum, you know, Callum is dressed up in an elf Callum costume. And uh he says like trees to meet you. <laughs> and then then Yatari says, Trees to meet you too. And Rail says, Don't don't, don't support his <laughs> or I forget his exact, exact words. But, I don't remember I think you uh, I think you're on it there though. All I thought uh, was like, come on, Callum, you you're better than this. Yeah. He's not an idiot. Uh, yeah. So on the flip side, plot B of this, Amaya was captured by the Sunfire Elves and taken to their uh, their kingdom, which is absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. Like That's awesome. Animation. I mean, not only is that, I think the animation is much better this season than it's been in previous seasons, um, but just the designs. Like someone deserves a raise or something because the character designs and the the backgrounds and the layouts and everything are so beautifully done they're so uh detailed and and even though we've really only seen the the sunfire else place it seems so unique to them 
Um, the, so it's, it's really beautiful. The animation was always good, and then here it just feels even like more lush, maybe, or or more detailed, yeah. or more fine. I guess I'm I'm not sure what word I'm looking for, but it just feels like there's more to it in every sense. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, Janai is takes takes uh, Amaya to go see the queen, which is her sister. And Amaya has to like look at this really sun like sunstone thing and and kind of pass that test. And I really love how Janai is like trying to kind of protect Amaya because Amaya didn't save her life, and she tells her like, "Listen, you have to look into the into light if you want to live." Um, and I kind of like I feel like Amaya can hear her in a weird way. Um, I was scared there for a minute that Amaya was going to be blinded by it. Like, sure, they might let her live, but she was be blinded. Like, holy, you can't do that. I so mean, you can't make her. That would be, I don't want to say cool. I Obviously, I, it would have been tragic, but kind of cool. Still. I, mean, I just, I just don't know how. I mean, I know there's people out there that that can't see and also can't, um, can't hear, but like that just seems really. Hard to find. Like I just don't want that character herself to go through it because I love that that character. Um, she would have just become even more uh, more. I mean, yeah, like you said, it, it kind of would have been because I if it happened, it probably would have been like a short term thing, and it probably would have like taken her down some really cool character like development, or it probably would just made me like her even more. I don't I, know. I, I didn't, I'm, I didn't I guess think I'm, about it until you said it just now. I did not have that idea, but now I feel like I've missed out on something. Like oh. <laughs> no, it's 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 fine though. She's already great. All right, but she does uh, she does pass. Um, oh yeah, and they do have this little uh, other elf there who uh, ends up learning to speak with her. That's all really <laughs> the really intern elf. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's what I call her. I don't um, know her name, but yeah. in my head, she's she's the intern elf with a slightly like Creole French accent. Kind of, I, I can't even place it. Um, Again, I uh, think it's. I don't know what it's uh, representing, but it's such a nice job just to have, you know, the general. I think diversity. the voice. I think it's somewhere in Africa. I think the voice actress is, is uh, maybe from the Caribbean or something. I don't know. It's it's hard to pin down. Yeah, I'm not like a linguist. It, it doesn't have to represent something specifically, but just to generally. No, have, I don't think it would. I was just I was like just trying to think about where where the uh, voice actors are from. The Dragon Quest games, which is my favorite video game series, in a lot of those games, some people love it and other people like sort of painfully criticize it that like it almost represents a world map sometimes, even down to like dialects of people in certain locations. Oh yeah. I don't think to an extent that it's offensive, but it's not like it is pretty heavy handed, uh, and some people absolutely <laughs> hate that. So it's nice to see diversity without like uh without sort of blatant Superimposing diversity uh, of real world. It's it's its own thing in there, and that's good. Yeah, without taking advantage of it. Like yeah. some things, I feel like um, kind of it's 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 not good diversity. It's more like I don't know. I can't describe it. But for the record, that is one thing that I love about Dragon Quest is you can always there's always mm -hmm. like an Australia continent on there somewhere. It's great. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty much uh, episode three, Ghost. Um, I don't think there's anything else to really say about that, but I did love the character of Vithari. Um, uh, and I am, I am pretty sure that Renan or Runan, as people like to call him, uh, <laughs> will, <laughs> will 
we'll come back. And I'm looking forward to those two being reunited if they ever are. Somehow. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, episode four, The Midnight Desert. Or as I like to call it, uh, Unfulfilled Potential. Uh, <laughs> is this uh, is this where, where things get... Okay, so... This is probably my least favorite episode. When I was starting starting to write these notes, I realized it that it is my most um, slash least favorite episode. Somehow, at the same time, and I don't, I can't even explain it. But I did, I have a rant, not a rant, but I have stronger feelings on this episode than than some of the others before or after it. All right, we'll start with uh, Ezrin stuff. So Ezrin, just coming off of a uh, completely owning being the king. Um, Prince Caswin comes in again. He comes in a lot. Um, he's and this time he's an like... asshole, too, so we're pretty much sick of him already. <laughs> Pardon my language. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, no, good. You curse. That means we can get by the Copa stuff. Um... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought good. He cursed. Like, oh, no, we're going to be age-restricted. No, but he's a, he's, a, he's a jerk, and he has been since the beginning, and you immediately get the feeling that he's like the, uh, he's like the Zhao in this equation. You're just supposed mm. to hate him. If, yeah. I, if I may. All right, so he comes in. He's like, all right, fine. You don't want to go to war with the Zadia? Well, we'll go to war with you. Three armies are going to be knocking on your door. Um, and so then Ezrin is dealt with, like, oh, should we go to war with these three armies? One thing, it's a bluff. Like, people should have should, counseled him that I think it's a bluff because why would they weaken their army by going to war with people that they don't even have issues with. It would be far um, more so advantageous just to disregard them and leave them alone and go back about your, your main objective. It, it had to be a bluff. Or if it wasn't a bluff, it's yeah. really stupid. What, whichever one you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, so then Ezrin, someone, uh, a dude on the council... Then conspires with Prince Cassif to, uh, I wouldn't say conspire really, because that's too strong of a word. Just like, hey, we should go do this. Um, <laughs> and they get Varen, they convince Ezrin to give up the crown because Ezrin is stuck with this decision. Um, and then Ezrin pretty much knows that the crown will then go to Varen. So to me, if he knows that, he knows that Varen is going to go to war with Zadia and kill people. So to me, his options are give the crown to Varen so that he can go kill people in Azadia, which Ezra thinks of those people as elves as, like, he's thinking of them on the same, you know, equal footing as humans. Um, or or um, I can keep the crown and maybe go to war with these other three armies and other people will die. To me, people possibly die in this in the scenario where he keeps a crown and people definitely die in the scenario where he gives the, it to Varen. The positive return <laughs> in the scenario where he gives it to Varen is it's so minimal. The only people that it really saves is the people that uh, don't want to go to war yes. or be in the army yes. at all. And that's it. And there's a there's a chance Ezrin doesn't know when he's making a decision. He He's making a, his best guess or his best decision. But he doesn't really know what's going to happen to those people once he's behind bars. There's no way to protect him yeah. from behind bars. And I don't feel like that is a decision Ezrin would have made. Like, that's almost too political and passive at the same time, as opposed to mm -hmm. what he had done previously. So I do take pretty serious issue uh, with that plot point. But I understand why it's important, and I understand we can just chalk it up to Ezrin being a child and not a king, and maybe getting talked into some things and pressured into things. And 
fine. Whatever. <laughs> I, right. I don't like I'm it. On, I'm on ready for your comments. On, I'm, I was kind of hoping you would disagree on that, just to have that different uh, uh, opinion. No, but I'm luckily. sorry to let you down, but I really, really... <laughs> in this episode, in a couple ways, it, it uh, frustrates me. A lot of people, lot of people did uh, wholeheartedly disagree with me, which that's cool. That's great. Read um, some of their I'm comments gonna, to add some interest. I will. Uh, <laughs> Captain Rex. Captain Rex said, I have to dis- disagree with you, which... First of all, I respect your opinion. Let me say that I'm not trying to bring out your comment to be like, this is crap, just having another uh, voice. <laughs> I didn't. I'm I, sorry. I couldn't provide the voice Chris needed, uh, the one he deserved right now. And so we're going to rely on you you people to do that. Yeah. I like to have different you know, opinions about things. Anyway, Captain Red says, I have to disagree with you on Ezrin. Him abdicating was his best option. He didn't want war and death. Trying to defend the kingdom from three armies would ravage the kingdom. Even if they won, that is countless thousands dead on both sides and all four kingdoms weakened, meaning if Zeta did attack, they could all be wiped out. By abdicating and making sure that those who did not want to fight were able to go home, minimizing the death toll as much as possible. So it's a valid... It is. It, it, that's assuming it's, it's not a bluff is my takeaway from that. Yeah. Which, again, we don't, we don't know because it didn't happen, but it goes against my gut instincts. But yeah, valid, uh, certainly valid points. Yeah. Uh, so Benediction uh, summed up, <laughs> without me knowing, he, he summed up my feelings about that whole exchange. Um, he says, yeah, the amateur hour Game of Thrones was a big issue. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> which, which once I read that comment, I was like, yeah, that yeah, sums yeah, up my okay. thoughts. Exactly. Um, he says the creators claimed Ezrin was supposed to go to Azadia with the group so at first, they were supposed to, he was supposed to go to Zaya with the group, but they thought him returning to Catalus would be more interesting story-wise. Clearly, it didn't work out and was a last-minute change. It would have made more sense that Ezra never returned, and Varen was the only man the people of Catalus could turn to when the crisis hit. Queen Anya showing up was... Oh, anyway, he's uh, going on talking about other stuff that I had uh, issues with. No, that's uh, the feeling so... I didn't know I had, though. That's... I, I don't <laughs> know if I, I would agree that we can definitively say that's what happened, uh, but I will say that it would have been a yeah. smoother, maybe a smoother so. plot had he just not returned to Catalus. Yeah. Uh, Mace, Mace War says, okay, but you have to remember, while Ezran is very mature for his age, he's also a child. It's a lot of pressure being in charge of a whole country. Um, and I think my issue with that is that he showed that he was very mature. Like, he shows he's very mature a lot of times, which, I mean, he does. The person who wrote the comment did say that. But to me, that showed that he was... To me, he gave up the crown because he wasn't able to make hard decisions when just a ep- couple episodes ago, he showed that he was able to make hard decisions. So Zuko's allowed to have lapses, but not this eight-year-old kid? Uh, yes, I can't go into detail on why that's the case, um, but, <laughs> but there's a difference there somewhere. No, there's not. <laughs> Zuko sucks. Next point. <laughs> okay, your Zuko hate is just coming out, which no one's going to get on agree with you on that so approximately um, what percentage of people did agree with me i was whatever it was i was surprised uh, uh let's see one no, more was, person wait who... was that jet that was jet wasn't it that wasn't zuko uh, but no i caved everybody hates jet and that's fine anyway, <laughs> anyway it, it is a fair point and that mentally what i chalked it up to uh to help myself sleep at night for lack of a better term was you know what yeah he's he's a kid and maybe naivete, like he made some good decisions previously, um, but still naive, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, one person uh, really disagreed with me because I called it kind of bad writing. He said, uh, Mark Brown says, it's not bad writing, it's realistic writing. It makes sense that Ezrin would make a bad or stupid decision since he's a child. How would a child be able to successfully rule a kingdom who has no political experience? Varen mm-hmm. is the wrong. Varen is in the wrong. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, so, you know, feel feel free to disagree with us on, on things. Great, great comments. There's, thanks for, thanks yeah, for the great insightful comments. comments. I like seeing comments yes. with some uh, with some meat on them. Yeah, um, I think I would have liked if, like, Varen actually played a good role in, in the Game of Thrones, right? If he actually was diabolical and snatching the throne from Ezrin rather than Ezrin just giving up. Um, also, why did Ezrin let like, also, I hate it because Ezrin could have abdicated the throne to anyone. He could have gave the throne to, um, dang it, I forgot his name, dude with the dreads. Ah, I forgot um, his name too. That guy's awesome, though. And he he's is, got yeah. like a, um, he's got like a hook shot as his weapon. That's sick. Or like a, a, yeah. kun, a kunai and chain. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh fans out there, kunai with chain. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I don't. I'm probably butchering that pronunciation too, but you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah uh anyway so that's that's that storyline that i that's the storyline that i hated the most in in this season um but i can get kind of past it. it at least it is it is contained to one one i think episode. so it does not linger yeah uh we we get it over with. and like that one guy said maybe it was some change of writing change of heart writing or something like that long story short it'll be a It'll be interesting to see how that ages or if any sort of unsuspected, uh, what am I looking for? Unsuspected results or I'm looking for a more negative work than results happen mm-hmm. in the future because no. of that decision. Because <clears throat> it did, right, doing not... it that way did get, oh, the, uh, did get the few people out of the castle um, that would have still been in Catalus at that time, but yeah. I'm sure they would have oh, made you know, their way out. You know what my time. issue what that is is that so people people of Zadia like humans really don't like Zadia like they've been at war forever right Varen isn't evil because he wants to go to because he wants to go to war with, with Zadia like they've been at war like Amaya was at war with 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 Janai like just it's an like episode a ago nurture type thing um so so to me, why would soldiers just give that up, even though they were fighting against Zadia all along? Um, it, I, mean, I guess you could say they want to give it up because because Varen did kill people. Like he killed other soldiers. But I would have liked like a soldier to be like, Varen, you're terrible. You're this. You're this. You're that. You don't stand for what's right. Like, I would have liked that speech from one of them when they were uh, when they were disbanding from them. But yeah, me too. You know. That, that scene in general, I, not my favorite either. But yeah, but I do like the concept good. of the of the like the broken chain thing. It just wasn't, I don't know, wasn't done well that well to me. Yeah. Um, okay, so the next uh, other part of the story is uh, Raylan and Callum uh, meets this guy elf. I think her name is Mix, and she tricks them, and um, and then she gets trapped. And then they Raylan's feeling down about herself again because she lost the dragon prince. Uh, and then they get them back fairly easily, and then Rayla, which in a great scene, I think her killing these snakes, um, saves Mix again. And Mix is like, "Why did you save me? I, I don't have her good 
good verse for her. Uh, that was <laughs> no, I'm in I'm in full support of you. I can't even remember it was her accent. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't even remember it that well. Um, yeah, um, and then Callum pretty much says like, "Oh, because Rayla's good and she's a good person and everything." So I love this moment because to me, this moment redefines Rayla. You know, before she was she was struggling with like, "I'm not a good assassin. I haven't killed anybody." Um, right. And yeah, and now you come and Callum's like, yeah, because you're not that. You're a hero, Rayla. You care about people. You put your life on the line for people. You're not an assassin. You're you're a hero. And then they kiss, and they're finally a couple couple. <laughs> this uh, this part of the episode frustrates me almost as much as the other part, just because. Uh, <laughs> remind me what the snake things are called. Do you remember? I don't remember what they're called. Uh, Evil nighttime snake, snake spirit thingamajigs. Nightshade. Night nightshade. Uh, that's not it, but I think we're close. Anyway, <laughs> whatever those things are, it's like I love those things. I love the idea of uh, crossing this big desert as like a as a massive obstacle in between them and the destination. Desert's always good fodder for that, especially if you throw in some magical nighttime creatures. I love meeting different kinds of elves, all that. Uh, but none of this felt like it had uh, much much payoff. I mean, we get a little bit of the character development that you mentioned, but even that, I, I hate saying like shoehorned in at the end, but it, I don't know, it does feel like it was just kind of stuffed in there. I, I wanted more payoff. I wanted that person to accompany them the rest of the way, or maybe they steal the tall, I think I, yeah. the, the tall camel yeah. thing or, or something. It just... Uh, it, it felt, I do think I felt I do think this show uh, sometimes doesn't build that tension that gives you the payoff eventually. Um, so like with with the Rayla and Colum relationship, um, it moves really quick, mm -hmm. right? Which I can kind of commend it for doing that for not dragging it on. Yeah, but I don't need that kind of drama in my life. The thing is that drama is no matter how much we say we don't <laughs> we don't like it. It works, right? No, like it if you watch doesn't, Friends, Chris, I hate um, it. <laughs> like <laughs> you watch Friends, there's always the there's always the will they, won't they, Ross, Rachel, type of deal, um, yeah, or I other shows when you have the boy and the girl, or or the girl and girl, the boy and the boy. Um, it's like will they, won't they, and then like that's part of the assignment of of watching, and then they finally get together, and some of that kind of goes down a little bit. I think you know they could have. I would have liked if they saved Rayla and Callum getting together towards the exact end um, where Callum catches her. Um, I thought it would have just been a great payoff for their whole journey building up here. Um, so how did you feel about Did you feel like it was it was rushed or anything? No, I think it was fine there. And it was actually nice that it's, I guess, kind of out of the way. Uh, the scenario you just described, <laughs> sure, it sounds like cinematically pleasing or whatever, but it's just... I don't know. It's just something we expect. It's like, oh, whatever. Just get it out of the way and let us not worry I, about it so much no more. I'm conflicted because, like I said, I commend them for just doing it. Um, but I was part of me like, oh, I kind of like the, the tension building. Um, yeah, like they, Avatar built that tension hard. They, they built did, it to the last they, second. They tried really hard to keep that, and that's fine, whatever. But in this case, yeah. it was also fine and kind of, kind of nice to that they were already together yeah. by that point. Uh, I think the only thing when I think of a payoff, I, th I think they still could have rushed it or fit that in in a different. I don't think it would have been hard. Uh, still, probably could have even gotten some kind of similar development out of Rayla. Uh, but like the only thing that feels like came out of this uh, this desert trip was the fact that we learned that some elves have wings and some don't, and we yes. don't even so have I that confirmed until later. Well, the sky elf, the sky elves have have wings. Um... So I found I found this a couple of people who hate the design of the Sky Elf. Oh, I thought she was neat. 
I thought she was great. One thing they hate. Okay, so specifically, they hate where her her wings are positioned, like because they're positioned like in her lower back, um, instead of like most wings are depicted, you know, on your shoulder blades. Um, but I was cool with. It. I'm like, oh, it's a different type of design. Like, I thought it was like, great. Yeah, I've never, she was yeah, like, I like it. Uh, she looked aerodynamic. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. she, you know, it's funny. Oh, it's oh, kind of yeah. kind of unrelated, but I've been rewatching Gargoyles on Disney Plus because everybody is is losing their marbles over gargoyles and i remembered gargoyles and i liked gargoyles and i watched it and i'm like well it's good fine whatever it's not people are losing their minds over one thing i forgot is that the gargoyles they do have like hands on the end of their wings yeah but they don't (laughs) but they don't ever use them really like um it's like another it's another set of hands use that sucker come on i am i am seriously considering getting disney plus just to watch gargoyles i am like (laughs) You remember our good friend Ari, who I also borrow her yeah. Netflix. And you're also borrowing her Disney Plus. In my defense, she offered first. Mm. I did not ask. Uh, but yeah, it's been cool to have Disney Plus. But I remember while you're, as a while child, you're also borrowing my Hulu. Oh yeah, I gotta give you my DC Universe too. <laughs> All right, I'm a cheapskate. I get it. Rub it in. <laughs> I hate I hate monthly subscriptions. I despise it and physical media. Clearly, you do. Long live you physical. You go out of your way. I. If I could turn this, if I could reach the camera and turn it around right now just to show the physical media, uh, I say, I look at you and all your physical stuff behind you. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember what I was going to No, I, I guess I remember as a kid even getting angry. I'm like, why don't you use those hands on the end of your wings? I was watching it this time. I was like, they don't ever use the hands on their wings. For the record, I liked gargoyles. It was it was neat. A resurgence would be cool, I guess, but I can't Did you already You already rewatched it all? I rewatched. Well, it's only was there like twenty episodes on there or something like that. Really, twenty yeah. episodes? Uh, oh and, wow! Okay. And it was it was great, but I people losing their minds over it way too much. Yeah. Okay. Like, but we do uh, that. we do that with everything. That's what we do. Yeah. Especially the internet. <laughs> All right. So that is uh, that's episode Sorry, too, too four in a nutshell. Episode five: Heroes and Masterminds. And this episode, Ezra escapes because also I don't understand why he's placed in prison. I don't, I don't get that. Like, you can give up your throne and not be placed in prison. I don't get why he has to be placed in prison. It's really weird. It's like they did it just so they can thematically show him a small boy chained going to prison while this older uh, man leaves they prison. Could have, but they could have found a different way to sort of ostracize him. Yeah, I don't geographically somehow. I guess I I don't know how, yeah. but they could have. Oh, before before we continue, um, did you notice the Avatar reference in the last episode? Um, uh, not off the top of my head, no. Okay, so Minx has like boomerangs, right? So there was that time where Callum is like looking at her staff, and he's just like studying it. He's like, looks so familiar, boomerang. <laughs> And Callum, if you know, is voiced by I Jack Dasano, who that. voiced no. Sokka. No, it yeah. went right over my head, just like a bad, went... just like a bad Sokka joke. That's funny. I like <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, which I, I, I have a theory the video. And that, come on, yeah, give me some credit. I, I have know. a theory video coming out probably by the time this video is out. That's, uh... Nope, I'm going to quash uh... that theory. They're not related, Chris. Stop it. Different nope, it's a tinfoil. It's a tinfoil hat theory. You'll see. I mean, it's it, it's possible. That's all I'm gonna say. 
you know what you want a dissenting opinion I, I don't even know what your what your video is about and i'll provide it already i'm ready ready to crush no um <laughs> waiting waiting with bated uh, breath what does that saying yeah. mean waiting with bated breath am i even saying that right Sorry. I think you are. Different, uh, different speaking topic. of bait, no, I'm kidding. Um, they don't need to uh, talk about bait. bait. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait till we talk about him. That's later. Good job, bait. Um, okay, so uh, Ezra escapes with the help of Soren, which I do like that Soren is helping him here because one thing, Soren knows that his dad wanted him to kill the, the two princes. He's been so on from like, the beginning. Yeah. Um, I mean, his dad pretty much told him that, and Claudia is the dumb one who wants to believe her dad, which is fine. That's a fine character thing to want to believe in, in your father. I know, but um, and I also because your brother Claudia, is and I'm so dumb. mad that she's just gonna turn into maybe a fairly flat villain here. I don't know. We'll have to see how. I don't think it'll be flat. I think how she develops. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes because I think it's going to yeah, change Varen a lot. I think Varen's going to have to be conflicted with uh, him being a father and looking out for the, what's best for his daughter and his larger ambitions. I'm uh, glad but... he's alive because I think that allows the potential for her to... I, I hate him, and I think we're supposed to hate him at this point, uh, but the fact mm -hmm. that he is alive... Spoiler, sorry. Uh, gives more potential, I think, for like better Claudia character depth going forward whereas if she had to just sort of turn into the main bad guy um over overnight in a season at the end of a season i think it would have been less or i think it would be less interesting going forward but maybe not so i'm jumping way ahead there though i just i like claudia a lot as a character yeah. and she fights tough battles i think i, oh, I must have jumped around somewhere uh because yeah so kyle and Mirela get zoomed back uh the rescue mix and uh, Callum Raylam Kiss, Lottie Dottie. So I must have mentioned that somewhere else. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so episode six. <laughs> episode six is Thunderfall. And so what, what and happens this... in the Heroes and Masterminds then? I'm getting them all mixed up too. Heroes and oh, that was my fault. Here In Heroes and Masterminds, Callum and Raylam get them back and they rescue Mix. Um, and then Callum and Raylam kiss and everything. So the Midnight Desert, that that desert, it's stuff a two part is kind sort of. of split into two or split across. Yes. Two. Okay. Uh, they miss a lot in my head. I, and I'm not gonna point fingers at all because like, it's basically two through five, two through six. They're all mixed together uh, until yeah. until we get to the mountain and Soren kind of turns the other direction. That's when stuff starts piecing mm -hmm. apart a little better in my brain. Like yeah. here, give or take. That was my that was my bad segue. All right, Thunderfall is pretty much just um, one thing. So Erevos is a uh, one thing I really liked Erevos this season is that we got a lot more I think character from him. Like he's not he's not so like mysterious. You know, he's still mysterious, but we just see a little bit more of his personality. He's more of an extroverted bad yes. guy at this point, yeah. not just like an underlying like, spirit that we know is going to be bad, but we haven't seen it sort of explicitly. Yeah, uh, like I'm loving. I'm loving these conversations he has with with uh, Varen. Um, he's like, "Oh, how did you get rid of uh, Avizandum?" He's like, "Oh, his name is Avizandum. We called him Thunder." Um, so it's just and his little thing where he says like, uh, <laughs> "When someone points out that I think oh, it's Prince Cassif." That's like this whole family is weird. Like Torrance making weird comments. Claudia about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like he, everyone clearly notices that their dad is talking to someone that they can't see. 
who are you talking to? And then, and then, yeah, he says, uh, just think of him as my little worm buddy. And then Erebos is like, have our relationship come to this? Where, but oh, like, what does he say? Someone makes this comment on my, on one of my videos. He, they made the exact comment. Got a lot of, got a lot of likes, so good for him. Excellent. Uh, I have to find it now. Uh, hungry, hungry horses. Uh, da, da, da. Okay, it is from Malone's production. Says, in quotation marks, "Has our relationship come to this? Am I your little bug friend?" Yeah, a lot of people love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I just like seeing a lot more of, of his interaction. Anyway, it doesn't Baron feel out of character. Story. It actually almost just reminds you that he is a character, not just like in some yes. parallel <laughs> universe or something. Like, yes, know, yeah, makes it feel kind of real. Yeah. And, you know, he talks about Avizondo as like, oh, I'm glad you got rid of him. Like, he locked me in here. And then Varen's like, where are you at? He's like, you know what? He didn't tell me where I'm at. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> which just adds to it. Like, as much more personality we get from him, he still has so much mystery to him that we're just, like, still not sure what he did exactly. I mean, we know he provided dark magic. Although they haven't said that in the show, you gotta like read other stuff to know that um, dark magic to, to humans. But but we'll get uh, even more of that. Um, so Varen tells the story how he went to King Harrow, and uh, you know this is years after Thunder killed Queen Sarai, King Harrow's wife. He's like, oh, I finally figured out how we're gonna kill Thunder. I'm like King Harrow at this point, he's kind of happy and content. Like just the more Varen is just like jabbing him like you know Queen Sarai needs revenge and other things like that like he you know that content turns into like I need vengeance um it's just an interesting story of how like vengeance eats away that eats away at you um Aang had a really good saying in that in that episode um where he's like revenge is like a two-headed viper while your enemy gets bitten you also get bitten something like that I um, can't remember the quote off the top of my like I know the quote that you're speaking of, but I don't know yeah. exactly it's what it's the it's episode we saw with the Katara what about not trying great. to go find Yeah. It's like the monks used to say Oh yeah, got it. Yeah, he says <laughs> I'm absolutely gonna butcher it, but it's like the monks used to say, Revenge is like two headed viper, you know, when your enemy's getting bit, you're getting bit also. And Zuko's like <laughs> Whatever Mr. Goody tissues or something like we don't need airbender monk teachings, nursery rhymes right now. Something to that extent. Just further proof um, that Zuko's a jerk. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so pretty much, it's pretty straightforward. Like, although I like what he has to gather together to form this weapon. He has to get like a unicorn horn, the blood of, of like the, a loved one, and also Queen Sarai's staff. And uh, and they pretty much just go to straight up murder uh, Thunder, and uh, and one thing is a great scene of Thunder slowly turning into a statue. I do like that and, a lot. And like reaching out to to uh, <laughs> to <laughs> reaching out to his his nest. Um, interesting enough, you know uh, the Dragon Queen was gone. Don't know they don't explain why she was gone. Uh, I hypothesized that she went to the store. I also hypothesized that she was having an affair with Sol Regum, 
Um, but the <laughs> but that thunder was cool with it because because uh, they're dragons. They they don't live. They don't and, have to. Uh, they don't have to prescribe to our social our social paradigms. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. And maybe in their mind, it's more about survival. You know, whatever. Yeah, you know. Exactly, you know. Um, but I, I like the Star probably... one better though. Like, honey, I'm gonna go get some milk and cereal. Would you watch the kid? And she comes back, yeah. and the egg's gone. She's like, five minutes, five <laughs> minutes. You couldn't watch the egg. <laughs> Something like that. <coughs> oh gosh, yeah. Somebody made a comment somewhere to that on one of my. Uh, I wish I could find it. I'm pretty sure I could find it. Um. <laughs> But, uh, oh, wow, this has too many comments for me to go through. That's good. Uh, That's good news. Yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, wait, yeah. Oh, I found it. Um, Captain Beertato. I think the Dragon Queen was out replenishing herself after staying in the cave for so long, or for so long pregnant. Once it left her body, Thunder was supposed to watch over it while she more than likely ate and drank her fill before she returned. Oh, wait, that wasn't the comment. That, that was a comment about that. I know, but, but that uh, seems pretty reasonable. I can get on board with that. Yeah. Uh, I probably won't find it. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking that the uh, Brett's Beatrix the Great. Beatrix? That sounds familiar for some reason. Um, I'm thinking that the Queen was fighting and left her egg in the charge of the elves. Remember that Varen got past them the second time to catch them. Maybe he got in the last time. Ah, there was a little comment. I can't find it. Oh, well. Um, yeah, I'm not going to find it. Uh, but I'm always going to keep on looking, though. Anyway, I have to stop now. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that was, that's pretty much, I feel like that's pretty much the the episode. It's just going over exactly what happened. And then, yeah, then Varen is cool. like, well, pretty hey, we should go. In quote, like with a bored voice. Chris, we just saw a dragon die. He turned into <laughs> stone. He died. It's like practically a mortal thing. It was awesome. I mean, it's sad because I like dragons, but it was awesome. <laughs> loved this episode, beginning to end. I loved the, yeah, yeah. the mastermind evil Varen being an a hole and turning a good guy into doing bad things, like a moment of weakness. But it it developed in a way that felt real and relatable, and you felt really bad for King Harrow. And uh, I, I loved seeing the dragon die because it's really cool and. I, the whole this is one of my favorites of the whole season i think oh yeah um i don't think i have anything else to add to the episode thunderfall okay um which one that's a great episode title oh yeah but... it is thunderfall it sounds like sounds like an xfl team name kind of <laughs> all right so then on to episode seven hearts of cinder um i think this is a really Parks is a really good episode. So, Varen and all his uh, gangs of people wants to. Uh, Ervos tells them to go to the Sunfire Elves place because he needs something from there, and he pretty much um, gets in there somehow. 
and Erevos takes over the body of somebody and he gets like that staff light thingy and then he straight up kills the queen um there's one thing I love for design. It's her my favorite design in the whole entire show. Um, <clears throat> but he tells her, like, because they, they get in just by saying, like, hey, we know what happened to your grandmother, who was the queen before. And, uh, and, um, and uh, she, uh, you know, Airbus goes up to her and, like, he whispers something in her ear. And I don't know exactly what she said. Apparently, you can f- figure it out if you listen closely enough i don't know i don't remember or know what it is um, but she seemed shocked as if i feel like this was erevos's like coming out party right it's like i am erevos like it's one of those names that is like her throughout all of history like people it's, i wouldn't say it's like it's not on the same level of, of voldemort but like it's not yeah, written in any history knows voldemort, book, but, but nobody knows who like she's the first person to really know who he is Right, like nobody else has had any indication of this past evil, this past evil spirit, except for the elf queen and the dragon. Yeah, I mean, I would think that, I would think that like a lot of the elves probably know of Erevos, but you know he hasn't been he's been locked away forever, so they don't even think about anything anything of him. And when Varen mentioned when Varen sees him, Varen doesn't know anything because his names have been literally erased from the history books. Um, <laughs> Especially if Varen's like on the American side and Voldemort's over there in England, you know, maybe it's uh, it's not as big a deal. Oh man, there's some comments I haven't read yet. It's hard to find comments within comments, but I like to comment to every comment. The threads in YouTube kind of track a little weirdly sometimes, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, so, I loved... Love that scene of him killing the queen. It looks she looks pretty dead to me. I don't think he like transported anywhere. She looks like she's dead. No, I, yeah, I kind of disintegrated, <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Weird. Um, but one thing I love most was Janai's reaction to her. Like Janai's just like rampaging, and Amaya's there to to stop her from doing something that's gonna hurt her. And I love like Amaya holding, pinning her down. She's already like, thinking ahead she, too. She's got like strategy in her brain. How am I gonna get out of here? Like she's got her brain yeah. in the right place. But like Janai is like holding on. Janai is like fired up, right? Like literally fired up. And Amaya is trying to hold her down. But when she's holding her down, you can see that steam emanating from Amaya's hand, knowing that Amaya's getting burnt here, trying to protect Janai. I think it was a great uh, thing for their relationship. So it's you know setting up that foundation there. Also, Amaya knows what Janai is going through. Like they're very similar. Both their sisters are queens. Both their sisters were killed. Um, so I mean, she knows exactly what she's going through. Um, and then uh, and later on, uh, Varen or Erva Varen gets the key the thing he needs and he turns all his people into monsters into which, horrible sun zombies yeah which i kind of dislike because because i feel like at that point we weren't made we were purposely made to stop empathizing with these people but to me these are soldiers who who don't know any better or who do know better because they Catalas have been at war with the Zadia for years and years and years. Um, like these people aren't evil people. 
they're just as innocent as Amaya was, you know, a couple episodes ago. They're just as innocent as King Harrow was. I still um, wanted him to feel uh, feel like, say, real people, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, maybe he could have yeah. made Prince Kasif or however you pronounce his name. He could have been yes. a monster, too, or a few of them become... Yeah. Kind of sacrifice their, their spirits yeah. and monsters, and it would have worked fine. And they still would have had like the advantage in the later episodes that we needed mm-hmm. to see to have that uh, that uh, diversity or whatever. Maybe even yeah. stronger because then when a bunch of them, gosh, I'm giving away. When a bunch of them die later, uh, or we think they die, they don't actually die. Maybe it would have been sadder because they're just real people and not horrible, horrible monsters. Yeah. I mean, but, I don't know. I guess they. It, it would have put them in a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I feel like, in, and this happens all the time in, in movies and stuff, like, you want to give some cannon fodder out there for our heroes to destroy and not think about or empathize with at all. Like, in Avengers, you had the Chitauri and Justice League. You, you have, gotta have it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nameless, faceless people who, who the audience don't care about if they die or they don't even care that our heroes kill them. Like in one case, one time Batman kills um, a, a member of, of, or at least he, his actions leads to the death. Uh, why can't I think of their names? Gosh, I'm a DC fan. Um, <laughs> Dark sides. Um, oh, I'm so mad. I I can't think of their names. Um, anyway. I'm just disappointed. I can't help you at all. I'm sure. I know. <laughs> Um, I, I'd have apocalypse to minions turns them into uh, anyway they're they're like monsters, um, but you know like Batman kills he he leaves them to their deaths at a certain point like Darkseid shoots his Omega beam at Batman Batman like he like say this is a parademon that's what they're called <laughs> parademons he's killing um, you inside yeah um, he like tramples on one and then jumps off of it so Darkseid's beam hits the parademon instead and it kills the parademon if that was a human even if it was on the opposite side Batman wouldn't do that Um, (laughs) but they make certain characters so that our heroes can kill without remorse it's true Uh, I mean I go back to the the Foot Clan in those movies that's just teenagers they're just lost children (laughs) Yeah. Getting beaten up by mutant monsters. Oh, those poor kids. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's episode seven. Episode eight, the Dragon Guard. So Ezrin, Callum, and Rayla, um, they're reunited. I forget exactly when they're reunited. I think it was this episode. And they made it to the Dragon Queen, but she is asleeping. Mm-hmm. And because she was so depressed because her husband was killed and her son was killed, that she just been in this long slumber. We're supposed to imply, uh, I think, that's like a coma, too. It's not just like a regular nap. Like, it's sort of a, a fringe yeah, of death yeah. kind of coma. Yes, yes. We're it's supposed to be yeah, worried. I think so. Yes. Um, and I think I think that does a good job yeah, of well doing enough. that. Especially when they, they actively try to, like, wake it up, and they have uh, Zim there and everything, and it still doesn't work out. Uh, that helps. Like, in your head, you think, oh, are they going to bring back her baby, and she's going to, like, snap right out of it. And she doesn't, so. Yeah. It does. It works. Um, so we get a good history of Rayla's parents. Um, they're part of the Dragon Guard, and they, you know, they were told. I don't know how. Anyway, it is known 
falsely known that they abandoned their dragon guard. Um, but actually, the exact opposite of that happened because Rayla is like worried. Rayla is like doesn't want to be like them, or she feels guilt about them. She feels like she has to do certain things because her parents didn't do them because uh, her parents weren't honorable. But then Callum somehow through the power of magic, um, which he makes sense in the show. I just don't remember it. Um, <clears throat> he uh, he sees what happens. He sees that they were there. They protected her. And this other Sky Elf guy, he went away. He was a coward. Um, so if I had to guess, like he was the one who was like spreading the lies that they abandoned um, the Dragon Queen and everything. Although if that was the case, they would have survived. <laughs> Right. So like you're either if you're here, that means you if if you're alive, that means you're the one who abandoned had people. To be you're either dead. Good, whatever story yeah. that guy made up, it had to be a, a doozy. Yeah. Um but uh so Callum sees that they were actually real heroes and everything. Also, uh, you see that they came in contact with Varen and I'm pretty sure the Varen turned them into coins and just didn't kill them. Even though we don't, we don't see what happened. We, I feel like we purposely don't see what happened. I didn't think that um, at the time, or that thought didn't cross my mind. But you saying that, like, I have no issue believing that could be true. Yeah. Yeah, because even when um, in this episode, when Varen and Rayla are kind of fighting, he says like, "Oh, I do have more room in my pouch to add more Moonshadow Elves." He already has running, and he feels like he has a few more. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't tell if you're doing it to be funny now. <laughs> it's just still the earworm. Oh gosh, no! Uh, still, nope, it's an, not it's doing an, it all to be funny. It's an earworm, Chris. It's it's a bug buddy. Huh? It's appropriate. Ah, I see okay. what you're doing. Very subtle. Yeah, I'm doing this on. Purpose. It's a metaphor. Yeah, it's a metaphor. Sorry to interrupt for something stupid. I'll stop. That's right. I was like, no. I think I was like, why are you laughing at me? And I was like, oh yeah, because I'm saying. Running wrong. I'm laughing because I thought you're doing it to be funny at this point. <laughs> Whichever you can pretend you are, I'll buy it. Okay. At first, thought you're laughing at me because I was doing. Oh, you can't. You can't see my hand. You can't see my hand anyway. But I'm holding up a fake piece of of coins. But I'm holding it like this, and I did a certain gesture, and I thought you're laughing at me when I did that. It's funny because uh, we both do it from time, not a bunch, but we both do it from time to time where we like emote with our hands and stuff. And there's, there's limited emoting room here, but yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, he tells Rayla that her parents are actually heroes and everything, and that, and that inspires her. And he draws um, it so that she believes that he saw it, and it's not just him telling yes. stories. And I really yes. liked that. That was a nice, that was a nice touch. Yes. Yeah, really good touch. Uh, really like that he's a really great. Really great artist. Uh, all right, so then uh, this really this is really the episode before everything happens. Uh, Janai and Amaya meet with them. I don't know. Oh no, I know. I think they mentioned why they went to the Dragon Queen. Um, I hope I think they mentioned it because other than that, I don't know why they would go to the Dragon Queen's lair, not knowing who or what is there. But I do think there's there has to be some piece of dialogue on why they would go there. Maybe there's not. Piece of dialogue. <laughs> That's funny. Because you can't talk, Chris. <laughs> no, I don't I don't remember why either, but I mean it's easy to it's easy to sort of brush away to 
that that's where they're yeah. headed head them off there or something of that to that extent yeah uh but okay so one of my favorite moments is one thing i love about the show um i love and hate it is that amaya you know she speaks in sign language but they do not go out of their way to like put captions or anything there which i'm fine with because you know what deaf people are often you know not given captions or, or anything for themselves so like i'm fine if i feel out of the loop <laughs> that's you know that's fine i shouldn't complain which i don't complain um, but I do like to look back and, and read exactly what Amaya was saying. But when when Amaya lands and she sees Rayla there, because last time we saw Rayla was in season one, and Rayla they had pretended that like Rayla was kidnapping them. Um, and, like Amaya looks at her like I'm going to get you, and Callum's like, wait, no, no, it was all a lie. <laughs> and you know she's my friend, and and uh, and then Janai comes off of the uh, the really cool looking winged creature thing and and then Callum's like oh it looks like you made a friend too so Amaya says something she signs something to the extent of she thinks I'm cute but she won't admit it yet <laughs> yeah I would never which pick is, up on that yeah which yeah I had to look that up but to me that's like some great um planting planting the seeds but like people don't even know those seeds are being planted I kind of, I kind of like that. I think, uh, I don't. It's almost like bonus content in a video game. Like you gotta yeah. go through the effort and know the stuff to get sort of the the extra little bitty something something that's not, not story yeah. integral, but still story useful or story interesting. I dig it. I, I'm gonna say I'm okay yeah. with that. Again, not something I thought of till you brought it up, but I have no qualms. Uh, all right, so that's pretty much the episode eight, Dragon Guard. Um, oh, also, Callum was trying to turn his arms into wings and didn't work, which you know will come back and <laughs> later on. <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna say this is kind of like the last point of sanity before everything goes goes haywire. So take take a deep yeah. breath, folks. Take a deep breath. All right, episode nine, the final battle. Does it and this one there's is... nine episodes? Like, can we, oh, the odd numbers. I don't know why. It makes my skin crawl. Can we just have ten episodes, please? I don't know. Why. Oh, I thought you were going to say it bothers you that there's, um, like, just nine episodes. It bothered a lot of people. Oh, uh, uh, which, I mean, no, I'm okay with it. This is, I mean, we're in the age of, of binging. Nine episodes is, is, is a perfect, that's a Saturday binge right there. Uh, no, I just, I hate odd numbers. But I think. Oh, I, no, the odd I numbers don't Like, <laughs> when, I, when I saw episode nine, my mind just immediately thought, I don't know why, because there was only, like, nine in the previous season, right? But my mind immediately was like, oh, there's one more episode after this? After all this stuff? And then it shut off. I was like, no, Sean, you're stupid. They're, like, you can have just nine <laughs> episodes. But I don't know, it just doesn't feel right in my brain. So I was disappointed when there was not one more episode. That's all there is. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would... I think twelve episodes would be a good, a good landing spot. Um, Renediction uh, wrote uh, in the end, the show's biggest issue is the nine-episode season structure that Netflix imposes. I've said it before, and I know that you said it as well. Avatar had a great first season because they had a guaranteed twenty episodes. I think it was twenty episodes that they could structure an entire season around. The Dragon Prince had that kind of freedom. I think this series would could have surpassed Avatar in the story. Uh, and spectacle. Um, I, 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 I don't have I would. any issues with the nine episodes, especially because 
are are they all longer? Is it just the last one's like thirty or forty minutes or something? Like it's not a it's uh, not a twenty minute deal. Most most of them are like twenty two minutes, which is your average yeah. episode. But the last one a, uh, is thirty five or forty or something. Like it's a longer. A longer I don't know. Thank you. I think it might just be twenty seven. It's a little longer, but I think it's like five time. minutes. Okay. Longer. I don't. I, I don't yeah. mind that though. Like I felt like the the story that was told here in nine episodes was told as it was intended to be and not a lot of extra fluff or anything i'm i have no no qualm whatsoever with the with the length of the season i guess other than that you know and on an odd number i could go for 12 i, I would uh, i would watch 12 but, uh, you're wrong. that sounds stupid if they put 12 I'll no watch 12. you don't no if they give us 12 next season which hopefully we get it i'm gonna cut off you want to watch like, no. you gotta live by your word and that is it Oh. <laughs> 10 i said 10 i get 10 okay 10 you're right you you are right you get 10 so you'll be not getting the two i mean hey i'll, I'll make it easy for you. you can pick the 10 you watch so you can skip like the two in the middle i'll probably skip yeah two that run together or something okay final battle uh, let's, anyway. let's talk final battle final battle so pretty much uh it's it's the sunfire elves with uh azarin maya column Soren, which is cool. Okay, Soren, I have to mention real quick. He had my favorite moment in the whole entire series, his speech about his father and how his father, everything he says sounds good. And when he tells you to do something, it sounds like that is the best thing to do. But when people make you think when you're doing bad is good, they're a villain. I absolutely love that. Beautiful. Love that line. And I love that dialogue. Rayla like to punches me, him so... and says, "You're more than just a <laughs> worthless lump or something." I don't remember what she says. Yeah. And I thought when that happened, I was like, "People are gonna ship that, and it's gonna make me mad." Like she touched <laughs> his arm, and it's the thing, and I'm gonna hate it. But uh, no, that was I think that was beautiful yeah. and Soren at that moment. And I'm not alone here. I don't think, but it probably became several people's favorite character or really high up there. Like, he was my favorite character for the season, definitely. For this season, but he's like the, uh, what am I looking for? He's like the dumb version of Iroh. <laughs> like a ignorance uh, is bliss version of Iroh. Uh, yeah, so great, great character. Um, but the thing I love about that is that, like, to me, that is like just so. It's just great commentary on like dictatorships, you know, like. I don't want to get too far into it, but like, um, uh, like Hitler, like people, Hitler convinced people to do some horrible things. Right. I don't think that, yeah, I don't think that everybody uh, of, of that mindset are like setting out intentionally to do bad things. I think they're setting out to do things that somebody's convinced them aren't bad things, if that makes sense. It made more sense in my head than when I said it out loud. But what Soren said, he, he made the most sense when he yeah. said it. All right, so in the battle, uh, things aren't going too well. Like, even the dragons are there, but dragons aren't helping out because they're just helping the fire zombie people get even stronger. And they also that was kind of... Uh, uh, I didn't care I that was that kind of a, either. Like, that was like a plot yeah. convenience, but whatever, it's fine. But they also had like a, a good natural defense set up with the mount itself, um, but then kind of discounting the fact that these super-powered zombie things were just kind of crawling up the mountain like it was no big deal. Um, so it's like they had a well-laid plan to survive, maybe not win. 
and then all that kind of yeah it's not going good <laughs> i'm sorry i finally found that comment i was looking for when uh it's been eating you up lmao the dragon queen went to the store at the wrong time come back her baby's going in her man dead Woo. <laughs> and someone commented that was by atlas k uh, and then Eclipse is born. Eclipse is boom. YT, her man's got offed. Uh, just find all that. Oh, that's marvelous. That's great. Um, okay. Um, gotcha. Okay. So they get in the fight. So then Duran comes to help. Um, and at first, I had an issue with this. Because um, to me, one thing I have an issue with uh, a couple of things that. So I had an initial issue with, with Durin um, because I was like, why would Queen Amaya fight with them? Like, Azadia has been at war with humans also. Like, why would she just help them out and stuff? Um, I wish I could find this person's um, response to me because it, it made it make sense. Uh, made it make a little bit more sense. Um, she or he had said that, well, um, Durin owed Catullus a favor. Um, I really owe King Harrow a favor because, you know, they did the whole, like, uh, they shared uh, their their food and stuff with Durin, and they showed that in a flashback last season, even though King Harrow knew that might mean that his people might die also. Um, and then together with the two queens and Amaya, they all, all three of them died to get that heart, to feed everybody. Um, so that made absolute sense. I recant my criticism of Queen Anya. <laughs> <laughs> coming you heard it here uh, to help out. Hey, I am, I am open to correcting myself. I wish I could find that comment. Um, I didn't, I didn't have that sort of inclination initially. I just thought Durin, oh, that queen, I forget her name, had had sort of proven herself to be uh, independently wise and understanding of of right and wrong. I guess to the extent that it didn't bother me at all. The to see her there in the first place, even without thinking that deeply about it, maybe. <clears throat> but I'm probably probably underthinking things as usual. Uh, okay, so then, uh, so they come in, they help, they really turn the tides in the battle. Um, so then you get a point in it where it's like Varen versus Soren, because Varen is about to kill Ezrin. Um, and this is absolute great moment i think this is after the battle oh. it's important like the the battle uh, the tides were turned the battle was won by the good guys this is it it's already over yeah the yeah pretty much is over being, yeah being an asshole exactly um and then soren is like i will take you down and like he goes into Varen goes into you know to kill ezra and, and then soren kills his father which is great even even if it turns out that it's not, um, it's not his dad. It's just magic. He did like, it. And he felt was... all the right emotions when he was doing it. Exactly. And exactly. Was... Yes. He was like, "Yeah, I did it!" Like he he felt things. I. It was great. Yeah. I... Dark Claudia. Why? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, uh, come across this comment. What? Uh, <laughs> Bobby acting three thousand said, "My favorite moment is the scene where Soren stabs fake Baron." I know it would be much more powerful if it was Ashley Varen and he actually died, but I think the tension in the moment before and after Varen gets stabbed shows a lot about each of their characters, especially as it is as it's the last confrontation between Soren 
and Claudia so far, and it's after they've had their fallout. Um, my favorite moment of the season, maybe even my favorite moments of the show. So says a lot yeah. about Claudia and says a lot about Soren, and one of those people I hate and one I don't. Darn. I don't think you're supposed to. You're supposed to hate. I, d- I do, uh, but Claudia. I thought, and I, 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 I felt like she was going to be bad, but I didn't feel like she's going to flip so bad so hard. I thought she was going to be, like, even if Soren has, has gone over to the light side, I thought she was just kind of going to be on the fence for longer or more or harder on the fence or indecisive or something. Like, no, she's straight up evil at this point. Like, she tricked her brother into killing her dad. Like, I, I, I don't know. She, she went real hard yeah, and went real like- fast. Yeah, uh, I don't dig that, but like, it's probably what it's supposed to do to my head and my emotions, I suppose. Yeah, uh, and then we get a Varen versus Rayla. Varen goes up to get Zim. He's like draining the magical essence from Zim, um, and then uh, Rayla tries to stop him, and she can. She decides to just uh, pretty much throw him off the cliff with herself. Um, I which I think was cool that she's willing to, you know, take, she's willing to do everything to, to get rid of him. And I expected, um, what's his name? Uh, I expected Calum to grow the wings, but at the same time, I was also kind of prepared. Not that this show has thrown a bunch of stuff we weren't prepared for, <laughs> but I was kind of prepared for he's still not going to be able to sprout the wings and she's going to die or something crazy like Like, I wouldn't have totally put it past it, I guess. But it didn't yeah. happen that way, alas. He grew wings. Good job, buddy. Oh, my phone's dying. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it is. Yeah, we have been then... talking about this episode <laughs> for approximately 100 minutes. Uh, I said episode. Oh, it's uh, a whole season. Yeah. Oh, yeah it's worth it. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> a, a lot happened. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so Varen... Um, oh, yeah, so Colin catches her, which... One thing, I don't like the design of wing hands. It just looks goofy to me. That's probably one thing, one design where I don't like. I absolutely love all the other designs. But I would rather just have separate wings. Yeah. And um, on a wings, wings hands just I, feels weird. I don't like it, but as a, as a spell for a sorcerer, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, it's yeah, funny. I guess. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, I guess it, if, it if that was his permanent look, I would really a, hate it. It seems better for me as as sorcery that he sprouts feathers out of his arms than sprouts wings out of his back temporarily. I guess I don't know why it just kind of does. Um, and if you got to plug your phone in, uh, OBS has yeah, handed this handy new pause function. Actually, you can actually pause. So uh, no, I'm good. It's okay, fine. I got, I'll do it in between our anyway. Um, so then, Baron falls to his death. So I like to think. Uh, Rayla, you know, she's an assassin. Her first mission was to kill the king of Quetalis. Varen is the king of Quetalis. She does end up killing the king of Quetalis. <laughs> if she had a ribbon, it would fall off. Uh, exactly. We I mean, would have chopped her hand off by that point. But... Well, yeah, probably. But hey, that is nice, <laughs> nice full circle. Uh, unless yeah. you still are thinking like most people, Ezrin's still the rightful king, but. Well, she can kill him. <laughs> you fa- you failed, Rayla. Nice job, you loser. Just kidding. You're my favorite. No wonder your parent. Never mind. Um, I don't know what I was about to say. 
I don't know, but it was about to get dark. <laughs> uh, okay. So then, um, it's all happy, happy Dory and everything. Um, they're, they meet the Dragon Queen, and she wakes up. She's like, can this be, you know, humans and, and people getting along together? Like, this is my, this is my dream. Um, which is interesting because we've never gotten that impression, and which is fine because there wouldn't be any reason that we would get her point of view. All the um, other dragons, as we pointed out, not necessarily like real soft-hearted creatures. Yeah, but to me, this kind of now, now it paints Thunder in a different picture. I think because mm-hmm. to me, Thunder, uh, to me, Thunder is like as much as we want to think that Thunder was guarding the border against humans. He was also, I'm now thinking, he was also guarding the border on the other side against people from Azadia going into the Earthen Kingdoms. So to me, he was keeping the peace between everybody, but the humans didn't see it that way. The humans saw him as... Yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's Um, a good good analysis. I don't know about Soul. I think Soul is still being a jerk, but... (laughs) No, no, no. Soul's a jerk. (laughs) But uh, no, generally, I, I like that idea. Uh, Dragon Queen, her voice, that's not a good dragon voice. Come on. She just, sounded, like she just sounded like somebody, like a regular person, Mom. Like, I want my dragons to have... I mean, you're... you're She's a deep... If it's any, if it, deep, if it's any deeper, it comes off... If, it comes, if it's any deeper, it comes off as too manly. Uh, and so cares? I get... I want, I want my dragons to sound like a dragon. I don't need them to sound like I a would, mom. I need it to sound like a dragon. I would... Um, I'm trying to think of, like, a really good... like. Voice of Rava, and maybe that would her voice is a little bit more uh, like on omnipotent. <laughs> yeah, and it fits uh, like it's almost the more godly. vibes. Like the Dragon Queen was clearly just like a like a female lady just just talking, and but the male <laughs> dragons aren't. The male dragons oh. have these great big booming. Her voice, her voice, her voice was a little light. Like there are plenty of of female voice actresses whose voices are deeper than like. Cora, her voice is not like that. Like, like to me, you know, if, if you're trying to mimic like how people talk, like if I'm trying to talk like a woman or in a much lighter voice, I kind of talk with the front of my mouth, like oh, 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 oh like oh, and, and stuff. Um, if I'm trying to talk like a, a very deep man, like I talk more or a Batman voice, I talk with like the back of my in the mouth, back like, of your throat. Oh, yeah, my back there. Um, and to me, this this voice actor seems to be like using the front of her. Mouth, or if I was trying to mimic her, I would be using the front of my mouth. I just think she's a huge dragon, they're in a cave, there needs to be some reverb, some echo, or something, not just like a okay. not just like my wife standing next. And the, the male dragon's got big, big, boomy voices. So I just, I don't know. I was a little when yeah. she talked, I was like, Is somebody behind her? Whose who's mom's <laughs> behind her? Sorry, uh, minor, okay, minor, um, detail, very minor, stupid detail, yes. even. And, uh, and so she sees all of them. She sees her baby's back. She sees uh, Rayla and Calum are together. And not only that, uh, Janai and Amaya are together. I love how, like, Amaya has to, like, bang like, her. <laughs> jot her to get the handhold in. Yeah, to get the handhold. It's pretty like, cute. Jeez, would it kill you to do some PDA? Just a handhold. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so that's how their story ends. Um, but... Uh, it goes to Varen and Claudia, and uh, and Varen like wakes up all disoriented, and he's like, "Oh, what happened?" He's like, "I survived the fall," and Claudia's like, 
nah, nah, you didn't survive the fall. Um, and I love the way they do is they, they show the crown being like all bloodied and like bent and everything just to emphasize that he had a big, huge fall. Whose um, who's life do you think she took to, to save his? Who, where's the swap I don't, here? I don't, I don't know. I mean, they show the foot in the back there, but I don't, I don't know where that, I, I guess it's just a random soldier. I wish Kasef had first, still been alive just so it could have been that yeah. jerks. But yeah. Well, at first I was hoping it was like that councilman guy. Yeah, the one with like the weird um, hat. But yeah, but they show him uh, being chained and yeah. off. But I would have liked it to be him a lot. Uh, I said, if, I, I wish Kasef was like like hanging on to the edge and he's like, no, I'm going to get better. And Oh, you know like, what they could have they 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 shown, instead of showing the foot, they could have shown his hat just out there. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, because that hat is pretty uh, distinctive. It is. It's his, it is his distincting, uh, distinguishing feature for sure. Which is yeah. yeah, does not say a lot about your character. People remember your hat. Yeah. Try harder, buddy. Um, <clears throat> clearly still alive. Uh, Claudia's hair has gone like half white. Like instead of a little rogue strip, now she's about half and half. And you know, hashtag yeah. symbolism. But uh, but very oh, yeah. definitely did die. Not well. I mean, yes. we can't say definitely. Claudia implies that he definitely did die. Oh yeah, and that she saved him somehow. I was assuming with another life, but I, who knows? We'll find. Well, we will know. I'm sure at some point. Yeah, she's just delving even more into dark magic. Uh, Ethan B Sketch says, "I think, I think Claudia jumping so far into dark magic is creepy and a great story element. She feels like a gray foil to Callum." Who's getting stronger, but by learning how to use the arcanum within himself instead of resorting to the dark magic, to dark magic arts, I feel as if their circumstances have been opposite in the season, with Claudia losing people close to her and Callum gaining people close to him. I'm pumped to see what happens in season four. The uh, depth so yeah, and so I... detail of people's understanding and how far it surpasses <laughs> my own never ceases to amaze me. I'm just like Claudia, bad me, hate, and, and that's about all I can master out of it. <laughs> um yeah da, 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 da. but uh oh did i say this person's comment yeah i did mm -hmm. <clears throat> but that's pretty much the season uh and it's on a cliffhanger got, uh, all the bad what guys that we hate the most yeah. are still alive but all the good guys that we like the most are still alive so to me it ends on like a new hope type of cliffhanger of like yeah, it's a happy ending. Like we defeated them, um, but clearly this is the battle of the larger war, um, and our uh, main antagonists are still alive. Granted, they're a little battered and bruised, but we know they're going to come back. And uh, yeah, big creepy cocoon thing spawning over in the corner. Um, yes. And that's, Which I well, don't that's think that's kind of the last thing actually that shows, and then it's yeah. pretty much done. Yeah. Uh, so what are, I mean, I've given a lot of my thoughts about the entire season. Um, I kind of think it's, it's in between, I had more issues in this season than I did previous seasons. Uh, I think it's, but I still think it's better than season one, but not as good as last season. Uh, so I, what are your kind of overarching thoughts? Hi, uh, similar, but I would, I would still put it on, on equal ground to season two, but I would say there's higher highs and lower lows. The, the lows hmm. were things that disappointed me greater. It was a bigger roller coaster of, um, I think this is really good. This is really bad emotions. Um, I think the bad guys went too hard bad. At the beginning of the season, we had these nice discussions 
with Erevos that still gave you a sense of good in Varen, and I wanted those to be drug out in him and Claudia to still have some gray, uh, some doubts, some indecisiveness. Almost everything could have happened the same, and I think those characters could have clung to that. But by the end, he was already using like, like cliche villain sayings and stuff, even which prior to this time is what distinguished him from other villains. He, we still, I don't want to say we wanted him to be a good guy, but he he was unique as a villain, or at least fill in that gray area. I wanted that to be drag out the whole time. By the end, it's not. By the end, it just feels like they are. They're, they're full-on villain. They're 100% bad guys. They know that they're bad guys, it seems like, by the end. Um, so that was really disappointing. <coughs> Ezra's decision was really disappointing to me. Uh, but on the other side, I love I love the, the character. I love all the good guy characters. and They all feel very full and fleshed out, and even the bad guys feel very full and fleshed out. Um, Sword and switching over made my heart happy because he, you know how I like stupid comedy and things like that, so I always had a soft spot for Soren. Um, so that was very gratifying to see him switch over. So long story short, I'm going to give it level ground to season two. I wouldn't be able to pick between the two of them. There's uh, more, higher stakes and some lower lows. Hmm. Uh, random note. There's a question for someone that was a week ago that I just kind of forgot about. I hearted it, but I didn't answer it. Um, a couple questions to ask. Uh, this is the Hira out half. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, if Varen fell off the cliff, do you think that the pouch of coins he had would also have fallen out somewhere? Uh, they don't seem to be incredibly secure, and unless they are sealed with some sort of magic, I'm quite sure a pouch filled with those with coins would probably burst open at the impact of the fall, and the coins containing running. <laughs> Sorry. Now, now you're just being a jerk. Now you're just being a jerk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> containing... Runan, Rila's parents, and the other Moonshadow Elves would have rolled off somewhere. If this is the case, then who do you think will chance upon them? Um, I'm not sure who would come upon them. Uh, probably Janai, as she said she was going to go searching for them at the end there. Um, uh, that's question number two. Building on from this point, since the coins are now in Zadia, where even the soil is magical... Oh, this is interesting. Do you think then that the magic in Zadia will somehow be able to get the trapped elves out of the coins? That's really a cool thought because yeah, everything in Zadia is magic. Like even, even the uh, even the soil and everything. That's a really an interesting thought. I wish I had commented on this a long time ago, but I would say sure that sounds very plausible. Or in some cases, it might be like a catalyst to like helping them come out. I'm going to make two, like a prediction, and then a, if that prediction doesn't happen, then another prediction. I will say my first prediction is that I think, uh, for some reason, I feel like Varen's still going to have the coins. Just going to be a plot point that goes kind of unaddressed mm, okay. that it could have broken open. I think he'll still have them. But if he doesn't have them, I'd love to see it be like a like an animal or, or something. Just get it, like, like pick it up and drag it to a town and like it go through this sort of oppa caliber story of this is where the coins landed here. This is where the coins mm. went next and after that. And eventually they end up at, you know, some sort of tea shop or something getting spent and somebody recognizes them. Uh, that would be a lot of fun, I think. But ultimately, I personally think they'll probably just still be with Varen. Mm. That's a boring guess, uh, though. That's not fun to, uh, to yeah. watch. <laughs> I know. I know. Um. Uh, third Great question, question. is, uh, since, since soil contains magic, do you think that this could possibly point towards an ethical use for dark magic instead of killing creatures, if that is possible? Um, yeah, there's so much vagueness around kind of dark magic and stuff that I hope we learn even more about that. But 
I think you mean organic um, magic. Yes, or sorry, uh, yeah, PR team, organic magic, uh, and you know the dirt goes even more towards the organic magic. Yeah, it really um, fits the bill there. But, um, but I think my issue, or where I think the evilness of dark magic comes from, is that it takes, it only takes, uh, and it doesn't give. Um, like it's, it, it takes that opportunity for something to become something greater than itself. And I guess maybe I just look down at soil, but soil to me doesn't have that stain. I was just <laughs> so trying to think that. of what I offer to chickens to make it okay. In my yeah. defense, I give chickens water and food, and then I only eat the ones that That's I want true. to eat at exactly that point. <laughs> also, also part of dark magic is because it's the other, other issue or evilness of dark magic is that it's like the easiest thing you could do, right? It does require the hard work sure it does take some from you like it does uh, certain dark magic uh, you had to pay price like claudia uh hair is turning white like she's clearly turning more evil but before that like she was kind of perfectly fine using dark magic it didn't seem to affect her well, it much. always takes something and just sometimes it can be redirected to a different source from which to steal i guess is the easiest way to go yeah yeah i mean yeah i mean it didn't take from from the user um and so like to me it's it's like and the reason why I, I I compared dark magic to things like slavery was like, oh, you got to dehumanize this thing in order to, you got to dehumanize it so much and think of it as less than human in order to feel decent about yourself at all, which is terrible. Um, gosh, I don't know where I was going off with this thought Chris, pattern. <laughs> what if Claudia, instead of like a straight up one for one in an immediate way, what if she found a way to like gradually sort of channel her life into Varen's, and at some point she's gonna die? Hmm, it's like half a of gradual her life, thing, like, not like a one for one. Yeah, just a, a one yeah. gradual for one right now. Because it's like all she can yeah, think maybe. of. Everybody else is dead. I kind of, I mean, I hope she actually did kill somebody. Because to me, that would be messed up too. for them to place that boot there. Yeah. Just to have us uh, theorizing about him. Like, no, she didn't kill nobody. She took a lot of those little magical puffins, and she took enough, uh, enough life from, from all of them to to fuel Varen, to fire him back up. Took thousands of puffins. Uh, all right, so do you have uh, uh, any predictions? If you want us to know my predictions, I have a lot of predictions in my... Um, uh, video about Dragon Prince season four predictions. I'm, I'm Sean, terrible. I'm, uh, I'm terrible at specific <laughs> predictions. Uh, I'd like to think that. I'd like to think that Claudia will still have some kind of redemption, not a full redemption, maybe, but that we'll, like, I'm still hoping that we'll see some of that gray area and indecisiveness of her being less pure villain, I guess, um, and that maybe even Soren will still be on the fence. He's still going to have some familial ties, second opportunity to not kill his dad, that kind of thing. So, um, <laughs> at least I'm, I'm terrible. Big picture predictions. But I'd like to think that'll happen. And then on the other side, I'd, I'd like to think that there's going to be uh, some kind of breakup or descent in between dragons and elves and Zadians again. Like, there's got to be a source of friction there somewhere. It's not just going to be a big, happy family right away. Uh, that's about all the prediction I can muster personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really, I, I think there will be more issues. Uh, like I said, I think there'll be kind of a, a civil war because, uh, especially within 
um, like so Regum is still clearly against humans. I mean, just just because the queen is the queen doesn't mean he won't try and he won't try and like have a new king come up. He won't try and like uh, groom them to take over the throne. Like the dragon queen is probably fairly weak. Like, uh, Zem is really young. I'm imagining dragons don't get less stubborn as they get old. That's not common <laughs> for any living creature of any type. Uh, so when he's just sitting out there brooding all blind and pissed off all the time, it's probably not coming to peace. So yeah, I, I dig that. I dig a, a Sol Regum uh, contingent uprising, not just him, but maybe some of his buddies. Yeah. And then, uh, and then there will definitely be some more conflict within the um, within the human kingdom because people did die. Uh, the kings and queens, or some of them, heads of states, uh, were killed by magical methods, and no one knows it was Varen that did that at the end of season two. Uh, we've also got an unattended uh, sort of a maybe a volatile. What am I looking for? A vulnerable Catalis right now. Something could happen with that. Um, yeah. Should be very vulnerable in theory, so maybe some third parties that we haven't heard as much about will come into play. Hmm. Yeah. Chris, uh, have you heard of a book called the uh, the Poppy War? Have you heard of it? I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I, don't no. know. I know you don't uh, don't read uh, strict straight up novels as much, <laughs> but if you do, you should consider picking that one up. It's a good one. And it kind of follows similar, I guess, styles and themes and things that, that we tend to enjoy. <clears throat> oh, huh. yeah, never. I don't know. I'm kind of in the middle of reading uh, this book. It was sort of inspired by Avatar called <coughs> The Children of Blood and Bone. Um, it involves, like, you know, the four elements and the other six other things um, about magic and stuff. I'm not, I'm not reading it. I'm actually this is the first book I've ever listened to an audio book of. Oh, I love audio books. It's kind of weird. No, I love them. The thing great. is, I'm so like I get distracted because like I, I think a lot, and so I'm in the car and I'll be like listening to it, and then they'll say some random thing that takes me down like a thought pattern, a thought train train something absurd train of thought. I'm like, oh crap! I've been listening to what was happening in this book for the last three minutes because I'm stuck on my own thoughts. Like, I got to change my my mentality my literal mentality to not to get out of my head and just listen because you know me <laughs> i, I never i head. never think about anything ever uh, so it's very easy for me to turn off and enjoy an audiobook um not all the time not <laughs> i can't sit to, and listen to one at home but on drives would be time a and then there's other times at work where it is not inappropriate for me to have an audiobook going um love audiobooks big fan so, uh, hey, with that, we've been on this. This one's running about two hours. Uh, yeah, much longer than I thought. And, it, you know, it's well worth it. But uh, if i got to be honest. I would say if you if you liked this two hours, I hope it's because you already watched the show and you're not watching this two hours and now being like, I should go spend three more hours watching this show. Just go watch the show if you haven't already. Uh, watch the season three, which... Uh, again, Chris sounds like you maybe didn't like it quite as much, but really close. I liked it almost. I still loved it. Yeah, it was yeah. it was marvelous. Season overall is my in general maybe closing remark. It's it's great, and I'm I'm really excited for the next season at a minimum. Very sad we have to wait for it. Mm-hmm. 
That's my question. Yeah, hopefully we get it. Hopefully get it greenlit. What are you looking at? You look like you're like. Time. You got like 30 seconds left till two two hours. I was yeah. hoping you would. Uh, <laughs> keep going or wrap it up. I think we've, as I say, I think we've had a, a two-hour episode before. Um, the Kyoshi episode that was a two-hour episode. Another yeah. one, well worth mm-hmm. it. So, um, hey, that's all my thoughts on this one. Uh, we hope you don't mind that we broke away from the normal format to talk about this. Obviously, it's not like it's a spiritual success or anything, but show that's pretty near and dear to our hearts as Avatar The Last Airbender focused people. We love this show. We're very excited. And we loved it. Thanks for all the comments. It was really fun to see, to have Chris be able to read through comments and to be able to interact with those and address those. I had a lot of fun with that. So thank you, commenters, and all subscribers and likers and all that. We appreciate it all very much. And we'll talk to you next week. Chris, we'll see you next time.